Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. And the upper class parents threw their mutated child into the sewers to be raised by penguins. Mmm. Mmm. Yes, I know, right? And it kind of is related to what we're talking about because when you think about it, they both have umbrellas. Umbrellas yeah. are involved. Okay. That's what I'm going with. But if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to the show because that is a spoiler. I feel like for one of the first times in weeks, I know exactly what movie you're talking about. Most of the time I'm lost with your spoilers. I also like how they don't even really spoil the movie anymore. It's just like a plot point. <laughs> in the first like couple in of minutes of the movie. Scene. Yes, exactly. Because typically what we do on this show is we look at all the promotional material for an upcoming Hollywood blockbuster, and then we attempt to predict as much of the plot as humanly possible. That's right. That's right. And today we're doing Resident Evil. We are. I wasn't expecting you to introduce the show, but whatever. Specifically, Resident Evil, welcome to Raccoon City. Now, if you want to put one of our previous movies to the test, you currently can, because in cinemas right now, I think a lot of people are excited for this one. Maybe people aren't as excited, but in cinemas right now is Marvel's Eternals. I'm excited for this one, actually. I know you are, Maddie D. And I'm taking you to that yeah, movie as well. We're going right now after we finish. Yeah, I'm dragging you, kicking and screaming. Well, it's going to be my first time in the cinemas since the Delta outbreak. So well, there you go. It's been like six months. So, you know, there's that. I'm excited for that. It's an event, right? Yeah, it's three and three hours, 40 minutes. But yeah, I'm still excited, I suppose. Come on, Kuhn. We're going to get drunk before we go watch this oh, movie. Okay, never mind. <laughs> anyway, we're here this week talking about Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City, which is a reboot of the Resident Evil movie franchise. Mm, yes. Now, if you're not familiar with Resident Evil, it's a Japanese survival horror series with the first installment released in 1996 on the Sony PlayStation. Now, it was originally called Biohazard, I believe. I'm not sure if that was just the Japanese name, but I have seen a lot of promotional material just presenting the game as Biohazard. That title makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, it makes more sense than Resident Evil. If you think about it, what does Resident Evil mean? I mean, it's the evil that's residing there. Okay. It's here to stay. Okay, fair enough. It's the evil that's moved in. You don't really like it, but it's not going anywhere. Fair enough. I think we've all had a bit of a Resident Evil roommate in our our time. (laughs) Anyway, so the Resident Evil video game series is Capcom's best-selling video game series with eight main installments. So there's eight main Resident Evil games and 28 games in total. Is it its best-selling? Mm-hmm. Wow. Capcom's highest-selling game. I thought it'd be like Yakuza or something like that. That's Sega. Oh, okay. Never mind that. <laughs> Completely different studio. We had the same issue with Sonic, I remember. <laughs> you were like, oh, Sonic is Capcom, right? <laughs> no, that's Mega Man. Is Virtual Fighter Capcom? No, that's Sega as well. <laughs> Do you know any Capcom games? I think I know like Surely. Dead Rising, and Surely. that's about it. Dead Rising, Mega Man, uh, Resident Evil. That's all I really know as the non-video game expert on this show. Not that you're much. Well, what am I, the video game improved, expert yeah. that does no Capcom? We're not here to talk about the Resident Evil games. I, well, I guess in a way we are, but we're more so here to talk about the Resident Evil movies because, of course, there has been a whole slurry of Resident so Evil movies in the past. Many. There was actually six Resident Evil movies before, uh, with this upcoming uh, reboot being the seventh movie in the franchise. And, of course, the majority of the original movies were directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, starring his most favorite person in the whole wide world. <laughs> And his lovely, lovely wife, Mila Jovovich. Come on. She was a personal favorite of all of us in the early 2000s. I I guess so. I guess so. Did you watch all of the Resident Evil movies? No, I did not. Well, I did. We'll (laughs) talk about it. She started to wear out her welcome pretty quick for me. (laughs) Now, interestingly enough, the Resident Evil movie franchise is the highest grossing horror movie franchise of all time. It's also the highest grossing 
video game movie franchise of all time. And it's also the highest grossing zombie movie franchise of all time. Wow. Would you believe that? It's a lot of money. A lot, a of, lot money. of money. Also, I know they're technically zombies, but this is a this is a zombie by, via a virus, right? That's right. So it's right. not The Walking Dead, per se. No, not really. Not really. And the zombies sort of become periphery characters in the movies mm. pretty quickly as well. Matty D, can you break down the basic plot of Resident Evil for anybody who may not be aware? I'm mainly talking the games. In the the games? Yeah, so we can sort of relate it to what we're talking about today. So usually it's like a character coming into, you know, an area that's been like infested with zombies. There's Mm -hmm. a whole elaborate backstory in which there was a guy that discovered like a flower that, you know, was cures to certain things. And then he Mm -hmm. developed it into a virus. The virus goes crazy. It happens in this Raccoon City area at the start. Virus outbreaks, people ha- are mutated, they infect other people. Da 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 da. There's like a an organization called the Star Guys, and they you know come in and try to fight them. I suppose we'll talk about them more in this. And episode. there's a whole company called the Umbrella Corporation that was you know experimenting right. with with this virus and was sort of manufacturing it, and they're up to nefarious things. But usually, my experience with the games were you were usually somebody that was either investigating the area or you know came in there by accident. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you sort of see zombies. You've got to survive. You had to think about what you had to be savvy with your ammunition. Yeah, yeah, because you weren't given you had a to lot of ration out each shot. Yeah, you weren't given out a lot of ammunition, so it was very, very survival. So it was usually you by yourself, you're mm-hmm. vulnerable, the zombies are attacking you, you've got to be very tactical and, you know, avoid getting killed and investigating what's happening here and, you know, the plot will, will thicken as it goes on. And not every game is connected to the previous one, right? I mean, I yeah. think now they are, but on the surface they seem unrelated, but it they are all part of the same- crazy areas. They're all part of the same universe, essentially. Yeah. Going straight into our histories with Resident Evil, I'm actually not too familiar with the Resident Evil franchise at all beyond the movies. I've never actually played a Resident Evil game. I'm so glad that you had that explanation there because I'm not really familiar with them at all. I mean, I know some of the games by proxy. I remember that I think it was Resident Evil 7 Biohazard was a popular game a couple of years ago. The one where the guy goes to his girlfriend's parents' house. Mm. It turns out that they're all zombies. Yeah. Do you remember that one? Nope. And then, of course, the most recent Resident Evil 8, I think it was called yes. Resident Evil Village. Who doesn't know Lady Dimitrescu? <laughs> I think only- we've, we've mentioned her on a previous show, I think, as well. So. Maybe we have, yeah. Definitely very much a part of pop culture now. But yeah, I've never played a single Resident Evil game. I couldn't tell you. If you showed me like a, a screenshot from one of the games, I wouldn't be able to tell it apart. I know the character of Nemesis, mm-hmm. the one that chases you around. And I think Mr. X as well. I'm familiar yep. with, with those ones just through, again, through proxy, but never played a game. However, in preparation for this show... It was actually earlier in the year because this movie kept getting pushed back. In preparation for this episode, I did watch every single (laughs) Resident Evil movie. No, why'd you do that? Just to sort of reacquaint myself. I feel like it was a bit of a wasted effort. Yes, it was. Because I didn't know that this was going to be a reboot. I thought it was going to be a continuation of some regard. Oh, man. So I watched all of the other movies just to get an idea of what the story is. But then I found out that it's not related to not only this reboot at all. The plot of those movies isn't related to this reboot at all. But the plot of those movies also isn't related to the video games at all. Turns out that the movies, they'll just have characters from the video games just in name only. So their characterization isn't similar and they don't do the same thing as their character. They don't even look the same as their character. Yeah, no. And the movies are very much like a early 2000s, almost sci-fi. Yes. They're very much the Matrix. They're very much the Matrix, but with zombies. Or uh, what was the one with the vampires and the werewolves? Oh, Underworld. Yeah. Yeah, it was incredibly similar to Underworld, but- 
Oh man, the movies devolved so fast. I mean, I didn't even like the original Resident Evil movie. I'm going to be frank. The one that everyone says is the best, I did not like that movie. I saw it a lot when I was in high school. It was in like high rotation. You go around to someone's house on the weekend and it'll be on, you know, be playing in the background. Mm -hmm. And then by the third movie, there's like an apocalypse, like the zombie virus overtakes the whole planet, kills all the plant life and water, like all the water dries up and the whole planet Earth becomes a desert and it becomes like a Mad Max movie pretty quickly. But then somehow, between that movie and the next one, the world recovers. Somehow. <laughs> I think it's a plot point. I think they might terraform the planets. And then it goes back, right? Yeah. And it's... Man, the movies are so inconsistent. So, a character that we're going to talk about in this movie, in, in this episode, Albert Wesker, he's like a main antagonist in the mm. movie. In fact, he's the head of Umbrella in, I think, Resident Evil 3. They introduce him as the head of Umbrella. In the movie? Yeah, in the movie. And then... Throughout the movies, he sort of becomes like he's the second in charge of Umbrella. There's other people who come in and take over. And then he teams up with Alice in one of the movies. So, Alice is uh, Mila Jovovich's character. And she's not a character from the video games at no. all. Which is standard for Paul W.S. Anderson movies. Of course, we talked about Monster Hunter in the past. Which was one of his starring, of course, Mila Jovovich again. <laughs> yep. But anyway, so he teams up with Alice at the very end of the movie. He's like, we've got to team up to fight this oncoming threat. And then at the start of the next movie, he's the villain again. It's like they don't pay attention to the movie in between installments. And I think this happened three times in total. Do you remember the little girl from the first movie called the Red Queen, who's sort of like the security? Yeah. It's a hologram of so like a little girl. That That's uh, the doctor who set up Umbrella's daughter died. The virus was being used to save her initially. And then he copied her image on the digital, like on a digital format. And she it, becomes like creepy computer. Is that your impression of the character? Yes. You know, they retcon that three times throughout the series. <laughs> so, it turns out it's like, in one movie they say, I'm pretty sure, I'm like I said, I watched all of these movies within the space of about a week towards the start of this year. So, the details are starting to slip away from <laughs> right. me. But they change constantly, like, whose daughter it is. And then at one stage, it's Alice's daughter herself. Really? And then it turns out, like, Alice is a clone of the head of Umbrella at one stage as well. Wow. It, like, it's just completely inconsistent from movie to movie. It's just a total mess. I got to say, I watched, I think it was the most- What's your history with Resident yeah, Evil? Do you want me Let's to tell you? It. I was just about to say, I watched one of these movies on Netflix. I can't remember which one it was. It was the one where she was in the apocalypse. It might be the most recent one. That could be any of the yeah, movies. I'm not I need more sure. details. I'm not too sure, but I only watched the first was few Was she in minutes. the desert or- Yeah, she was. She That's was driving around one. being chased by like a bat crows. creature. There's, there's one where they're attacked by zombie crows. That's, <laughs> that's the third movie. I think it's called Resident Evil oh my God. Extinction, Apocalypse. I can't remember. They all have superfluous names. Right. Yeah, I, I found it. It was crazy. <laughs> it was a lot of craziness. And then yeah. I turned it off because I was like, this is not useful to me at all. Yeah. I remember in the second movie, they introduced Alice by having her drive in through like a church window on a motorcycle for no reason at all. <laughs> because it's cool. That's, That's the direction right. the movies go. Um, but anyway, what's your history? My history, my history. So, funnily enough, I'll start right in the beginning. My uh, little brother, who's a lot braver than me, mm -hmm. fearless, uh, when he was really, really, really young, he got into, he might have even been like three or something like that, but he wow. he, um, he got into the Resident Evil games. My parents didn't realize that it was like a horror game. My brother stumbled upon it. He started playing it. They had no idea. And he really loved those games and uh, would play them all the time. He became a little bit obsessed for a little while. Mm. And um, he had like a little manual and he, he would just be like explaining to me all the characters and things like that. And I'd be like, shut up. I don't care about this. And in hindsight, I wish I listened because I might be able to bring something to yeah. the show now. Because I sent him a message. I was like, you got to help me with this, with this episode. Uh, but he doesn't remember anything now. Oh, great. Yeah. 
Unfortunate. Now, my next experience with Resident Evil was I was invited to a sleepover when I was a young lad and they were having like mm-hmm. a movie night, typical movie yeah. night. I think Resident Evil was playing. I think like Triple uh, X was playing and yeah. maybe a few other horror movies were playing. Everything. Triple X isn't a horror movie. <laughs> it I is mean, kind of. It's pretty scary, but it's not a horror movie. Not those Triple X movies. Oh, but, I see. You know, I the, see. the worst ones, the Vin Diesel yes. ones. <laughs> and you know how I am, Kieran, with all scary movies. I yes. just avoided them because I'm a coward. So you had your head in your sleeping bag sleeping. through all of Resident Evil. Now, you know, I was a little bit of a nerd. Making friends was a little hard for me. So being invited to a sleepover with all the cool kids was a big deal. So I was like, you oh, know wow. what, Maddie D, you got to pull it together. You got to be brave. And they're like, do you like like horror movies and violent movies? I was like, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like, What's your favorite horror movie? And you're like, oh, Land Before Time 2. That yeah. gets pretty scary. Winnie the Pooh's Grand Adventure got pretty scary. <laughs> <laughs> the Evil Up and Woozle bit. I skipped that bit. I skipped that bit. But everything else is it's pretty, pretty tense. So I went there. I put on my brave face and you know what i had you know as a, as a kid was having a blast like it was all violent and fun i was like these movies are awesome which yeah. kick-started me in my little phase of watching all those kind of movies thinking i was really hardcore and then after that resident evil movies or what action movies action movies like the okay. the freddy vs oh, not freddy vs jason but like the nightmare vs. jason might as well be an action movie <laughs> nightmare on elm street and all those horror movies anything with like gore i was like yeah and then I think I might have watched the first Resident Evil, but other than that, I had lost interest and never watched any. Yeah. And by the sound of it, it was probably a good thing. Wow. So you have like <laughs> less of a history than I do. Yeah. Have you played any of the recent games? No. Okay. <laughs> wow. No. I thought I was coming in as the newbie for this no, one. No, I, I I have very little history, to be honest with you. I did a little bit of research for this show. I've always been aware of it. And my God, what a convoluted storyline and history these games have. Yeah. I had no idea. I just thought they were like shooting zombie movies. Sorry, shooting zombie games, but... Yeah, fair enough. Deep, deep history. What about deep you? Lore. I've already done my history. <laughs> we don't need to do it again. Fair enough. <laughs> so let's talk about this new movie, Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. Of course, it being a reboot, we're starting the story fresh. We're ignoring all of the other movies... They're being swept under the rug, and I feel like I wasted like a week of my life watching all of those <laughs> movies now. So we don't have to worry about any characters or plot points from those movies at no. all. You probably don't know any of the characters or the plot points from those movies at all, except for maybe Alice. Yeah. So, yeah. I remember Alice and the Red Queen. So you don't have to worry about that umbrella. at all. umbrella. But I think one thing that is important for us to talk about with this movie straight away is the trailer. Yes, let's talk about the trailer. We teased it a little bit last week, but if you haven't seen the, the trailer for this new Resident Evil movie... Not the international trailer, but the the standard US theatrical trailer. If you haven't seen it, I strongly urge you to watch it because just like with the trailer for Rambo Last Blood, they have a really interesting song choice in there. (laughs) Now, one of our concerns with Rambo Last Blood's trailer is that they use Old Town Road and we're like, why would you use a meme song in your your, movie trailer when you're trying to sell tickets? They did the same thing with the Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City trailer. They put in four non-blondes What's Up, which as we know is probably these days most famously used in that He-Man meme where he's going, Hey, yeah, 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 hey, yeah. But it's different, Kieran, because they slowed it down. Yes. So it's dramatic. We watch nothing but trailers on this podcast, and I think every second trailer that we look at is just like a slowed down version of a pop song, and I'm so sick of that trend. <laughs> I just want it to go away, please. And I think this this is like the high water mark. I think now people will look at the trailer and go, hang on, this doesn't work anymore. Let's roll it back. Let's go back to having like actual exciting trailers for a change and not doing this stupid trend that nobody likes. It's lazy. 
It's lazy is what it is. But interestingly enough, I did find out, I did a little bit of research on the trailer, and a lot of fans, a lot of Resident Evil fans are actually saying that the use of the song is intentional. Oh, okay. They're saying it's setting the tone of the movie, Matty D. They're saying, don't come in expecting this to be like a serious Resident Evil movie. This is going to be a fun movie. This is going to be a campy movie. And, you know, the whole song choice is trying to set up that this whole thing is a joke. And then I was like, no, hang on. on. You've had six, <laughs> you've had six Resident Evil movies that were a campy and a joke. We don't need a seventh one. I think what the fans really wanted was someone to take like the source material seriously for a change. <laughs> and you're telling me that they're trying to set a tone of like campy fun and whimsy. But watching that trailer and watching the scenes of the trailer, there's no way that's going to be campy and, and fun. Well, I'm already it, calling it might it. be fun, but it doesn't look as campy as those Paul W.S. Anderson movies. No. I keep wanting to say Paul Thomas Anderson or Wes Anderson, but, you know, I always mix those directors up. <laughs> but, yes, so I think that's just an excuse for having a crappy song choice in the trailer. Uh, how many trailers did you watch, by the way? I was only aware of the one trailer. Oh, you're in trouble, Matty. T. Really? Is there more than There's one? There's so many trailers out there. And Fuck. that one that you watched had zero information. No! <laughs> what? Because it's just flashes. No! It's just flashes of like action moments yes! in the movie. And I'm like, when I first watched it, I'm like, oh no, we're in trouble. There's no information in this trailer. Yes, it's exactly but what then I thought. Every other trailer I watched has so much information in it. And then I was like, oh, thank God for that. Okay. So the international trailer takes it way more seriously. And then there's sort of like character focused trailers as well, which sort of explore like individual characters in more detail. And I was like, that's so helpful to me. But you. <laughs> oh my god So Manny D came into the studio today Yes With the shortest plot I've ever <laughs> seen him written He's got like one page of notes And I'm like how on earth did he get just one page of notes Out of this this trailer or these trailers But it explains so much Yeah but to be honest with you Where I got the most information was from the cast list And seeing where the cast list mixed with yeah, that's the, right. the game characters Me too If you look at IMDB it is so helpful Yes yes Because I went on uh, the Resident Evil wiki page Thank you very much guys Yes me too And then I just compared it with the IMDB IMDb page of who was being cast. And I was like, okay, yeah. well, this this is here, this is here. That trailer gave me nothing. That's right, nothing, absolutely nothing. <laughs> How many trailers did you say there are? Oh, at least six. Damn it, <laughs> damn it. So you're very underprepared this episode. Now I just want to let everybody know as well. This isn't like another circumstance of Detective Pikachu. I mean, Maddie D and I were more than welcome to go and like research the plots of the games to get an idea of this movie. But I really wanted to go in blind. Mm. So I mainly just focused on the trailer and I did some very light, I want to stress that, very light research into some of the characters as well, mainly just to find out what games they appeared in, who they were associated with, and like what a little bit of their background was. But I didn't like look at the plot of the first game, I didn't look at the plot of the second game, because we haven't mentioned it already, this movie isn't just the plot of the first original 1996 no. Resident Evil game, they're actually incorporating the plots of the first two games, Yeah, which I understand they're both very complicated yes. like, plots. So, how do you do that in a movie? There's going to be a lot of cutting back and forth. And also, later games go back to 1998. So, like- That's right. And they're even adding, like, elements of that in there. So, it's it's very busy. Yes. It's a very busy movie, and I don't My know- My plot is extremely busy. I don't know how well they're going to execute all of it, and I'm going to, I'm going to make an early prediction and say that they're not going to do it well, as well as the fans want right. to do. I think they're putting too much into this movie already. I agree. I, I, we had the same issue when we talked about The Eternals recently. Mm. It's just like, how can you do justice to such a large cast of characters? It reminds me of Hellboy, actually. The Hellboy reboot they did. 
Well, there was only like three characters in that. No, but I mean like how they tried to incorporate all these different oh, comics see. into one movie. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> forgot about so that whole I movie. Think, I think this ties into the next part of our conversation very well because what do we know about this upcoming reboot so far? Maybe I'm not the best person to answer that question yeah. because I was only aware of one trailer. The trailer pretty much sets it up that our protagonist, Claire, is mm-hmm. uncovering all these nefarious things that Umbrella are up to. Now, Umbrella have been working in a place called Raccoon City, yep. and they've just evacuated Raccoon City. Why? Well, we don't know. There might be an outbreak of ser- of sorts, and Claire seems to have some suspicion, so she wants to convince her brother, who's like part of this military organization. He's part of STARS. Yeah, and it sounds like he doesn't believe her at first. Somehow, both of them end up in Raccoon City, and it's all going to hell. With in a in a handbasket in a handbasket with zombies, you know, fighting. We see the famous Spencer Mansion from the video games appear. Oh, is that what it's called? It's what it's called. Yes. I had no idea. Know a little bit about that mansion. That, like I said, zero research, <laughs> very light research. So, um, and it, we just see a lot of jump scares, a lot of mutated zombies attacking them. Right to that beautiful soundtrack mm, to Four Non Blondes. <laughs> do we know anything else? I do actually have uh, an official synopsis from the website itself, as in the official Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City website itself. And it goes, in Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City, the once booming home of pharmaceutical giant Umbrella Corporation, Raccoon City is now a dying Midwestern town. The company's exodus left the city a wasteland with great evil brewing below the surface. Sorry, with great evil brewing below the surface. (laughs) When that evil is unleashed, a group of survivors must work together to uncover the truth behind Umbrella and make it through the night. And there we go. As I said, that is from the official website. That's basically all the official information we have on this movie so far. All the official information on this plot that we have so far. But maybe if we break down who the characters are in this movie and who's playing them, that will give us a better idea of what's going to happen. So let's talk about who's in the movie. So playing the character of Claire Redfield, who is apparently Chris Redfield's younger sister and a college student investigating the Umbrella Corporation, is Kaya Scodelario. Now, hopefully that's how you say your name, Kaya. I'm not really familiar with too much of her work. So, she was in the fifth Pirates of the Caribbean movie, as well as Maze Runner and Skins. Yeah, Skins was her big break. And so, I think it's in this sort of episode, rather than focusing on the actors, I think we should more so focus on the characters and what their impact is on the game. So, from what I understand, is Claire Redfield a main character in... You're going to have to help me out here. Is she a main character in, like, the fourth or fifth Resident Evil? She's a main character. I think she is a main character in, like... The, se- the second one, I think. The second one. I thought the second one was Leon. Was that the uh, third one? Oh my god, we uh, we have no idea. I was really counting on the fact that you would be the expert this week. No, no, I'm definitely not. She's a main character, though. Let's just say she's, she's a main character in the second Resident Evil. She's fence. A- Please, fans of the Resident Evil games, write in and correct us wherever we're wrong because we need all the help we can. Because who's the protagonist in the first one? Is it Chris? Uh, you could play as either Chris or Jill Valentine. Right. You could. They had different skill sets, and you could play through the game as either character, and you get like different things happen to you. Mm. And then the second game, I thought the second game was the one with Leon Kennedy in the police station. Or is that might have the been. third game? Oh my God. I think it's the third game. So and the second, the second game one. might be the one with Claire Redfield. Look, oh my God. We are she, so, as I said, I apologize. We are so underprepared for this. She definitely appears as She's a, a main protagonist. She, she appears throughout the whole series as a protagonist. From what I understand, she originally comes to Raccoon City. She rides mm-hmm. a motorcycle. She comes to Raccoon City looking for her brother who's gone missing yes. since the first game. Yep. So that's all I know. 
Yeah. Next up, playing the character of Jill Valentine, who, as we already mentioned, is the main character, one of the two main characters from the first game. She's being played by Hannah John Kamen, who, of course, we know from The Force Awakens, Ready Player One, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, I think she was just a background character in all of those. So, <laughs> if she doesn't stand out to you, I'm not surprised. Now, she is a member of STARS and Chris Redfield's partner. Yes. Now, if you didn't know, STARS stands for Special Tactics and Rescue Service, and they are like the SWAT of the <clears throat> Raccoon City Police Department. Yeah. Next up, playing the character of Chris Redfield, who, of course, as we already mentioned, was one of the two main characters alongside Jill Valentine in the first Resident Evil game. He's being played by Robbie Amell. I'm not familiar with this actor at all. I couldn't tell you anything that he's been in. And he, as well, of course, is a member of Stars and Claire's older brother. And we've already said he was the main character of the first game. We can move on from him. Next up, playing the character of Albert Wesker is Tom Hopper, who, again, is a member of Stars. And interestingly enough, they point out straight away that he's working as a double agent for the Umbrella Corporation. Because everybody knows that this character's a bad guy. Yeah, so this character is the guy that's going to betray them. Yes, of course. And Tom Hopper, of course, is probably best known for being in Game of Thrones and a movie we've already covered on this show, Terminator Dark Fate. Mm. Couldn't tell you who he was in either of those. (laughs) No, I believe this guy at some point also becomes like a monster himself. Yeah, that's right. From what I understand, he turns into a monster in one of the sequels. So he's the villain of the first game from what I understand. And as I already said, he's the main villain of all of those previous movies as well. Mm. From what I understand, the character in the movies is not similar to the character in the games at all. No, I don't even know what the character in the movies is like, but I assume he's just a bad guy. Yeah, just generic bad guy. He's like the Blofeld (laughs) of the Resident Evil movies. Now, interestingly enough, they've actually given a lot of lip service to the portrayal of the character in this movie. They're trying to like really? play with our expectations for the character. So, I do actually have a few strong theories of where I think he's going to go in this movie. But we'll get into that when we talk about our plots. Next up, playing the character of Leon S. Kennedy is Avon Jujia, who, of course, we've talked about before in Zombieland Double Tap. He was Berkeley. Yes. So, Leon Kennedy, he is a Raccoon City Police Department recruit who teams up with Claire. So, that's going to be in the second game, right? Or is that the third game? I have no idea. I apologize again to everybody. So, I have seen bits and pieces of the game where he's the main character because I remember he's running around in a police station and all of the other police are like dead or zombies. Yeah, I remember that too. And he's being chased by someone called Mr. X. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen in this movie or if it does, I I didn't work it into my plot. So, yeah. Essentially, he's in Raccoon City. He's one of the survivors. That's right. Yeah, so in that same game, I'm guessing that Claire... I thought it was Ada Wong who turns up to meet him in that game. I don't know. I haven't played any of the games, Manny D. Very light research, as I said here. (laughs) But will it help us in this movie? Probably not. I don't think it will. Next up, playing the character of Chief Brian Irons, who is the RCPD's chief of police, is Donald Logue, who I probably know best as one of the villains from Blade. He does a lot of bit parts in movies. Yeah, he makes the rounds a lot. You always see his face. He's a familiar face. Mm. Now, I think we don't need to explain too much of his character because he's the chief of police. He's soon to be dead, presumably. Yeah, I don't think he's lasting long. Because I'm pretty sure he gets killed off pretty quickly in whatever game he appears in. Next up, playing the character of William Birkin, who is apparently a very important character in the Resident Evil universe. He's one of the leaders of Umbrella's experiments. Is Neil McDonough, who of course we've talked about before in Sonic the Hedgehog, (laughs) where we thought he was going to be a main character and he wasn't. He was just in one scene. (laughs) Well, I hopefully he's a little in it a little bit more than that in this movie. Yeah. Because I'd be surprised if he's not. His name actually sparked a memory in my head when, when I saw the name Burke and I was like, oh, that sparks a memory in my head. I'm familiar with other characters with that surname. Like I'd heard of them just via proxy. Mm. So I finally got a little bit of like assistance in my plot there. Like I could work in a few details that I think you well, might skip over. Birkin is a really important name in this franchise. Yeah, exactly. It's a few relatives that come in. 
to yeah, play. Yeah, exactly. So I, I got to work all of them into my plot. <laughs> How exciting. And finally, last but certainly not least, playing the character of Ada Wong, who is a mysterious spy who encounters Leon and Claire, is Lily Gao. Now, Lily Gao is probably most famous for being in Second Gen, as well as The Handmaid's Tale. She's very much a TV actor. Mm-hmm. Can't say I'm familiar with too much else that she does, but Ava Wong, from what I understand, she's one of the main characters alongside Leon in whichever game that was, two or three, yeah. really lost between those two. And she's like a reoccurring character in the series as well. She's like a secret agent. So already I'm seeing a problem here where yeah. we have like four or five main characters. That's right. In one movie. I think it's important to point out as well that Ada Wong does not appear in any of the trailers at all. No. So I think she's not going to be in the movie that much. If anything, no. she's just going to be relegated to a cameo. Yeah, I agree. So I guess that leads us straight into talking about what we think is going to happen in the movie. <laughs> yep. You actually went first last time we did a plot. Yes, I did. So in all fairness, I should go first, right? Yeah. And so are we going to get my long, long plot out of the way first? Let's and then do it. We're going to end the episode with like a paragraph from Matty D. <laughs> your, your thoughts. But I know when I hear your plot, I'm going to feel really bad about mine because oh, I guarantee you I don't have the details that you do. It's like a real like locker room situation here. <laughs> I come in with this massive plot and many D's got this like, little tiny paragraph the he's la- trying to cover with his towel. <laughs> the ladies like the small plots too, right? Yeah. It's many D. It's not the length of the plot. No. It's, it's the details. It is. The content. All right. So let's get straight into what I said because like I said, I have got so much to cover. Right, I'm mine. just going to get comfortable. I do a lot of jumping back and forth. Of course, I don't think it's going to happen exactly in this order of events in the movie, but I'm sort of jumping back and forth at logical points where I think the movie's going to jump back and forth. So I'm going all over the place. Now, right, typically okay. I would do all of one character's plot at the same time, but yeah, I didn't think it really worked for this movie. So yeah, I apologize if it feels a little bit all over the place, but I think that's how the movie's going to feel as well. Yeah, you're just emulating what the movie will be like. Yeah, exactly. Now, I think the movie will open with a title card letting us know that the movie takes place on September 30 in 1998, as we see in the trailer. And we hear a voiceover from Claire Redfield, who tells us that every story has a beginning. Oh, my God. Which lets the audience know not to worry about the other Resident Evil movies. Cast them from your mind. (laughs) If you've seen those, forget about everything, because people may not know going into the movie that it's like a reboot. They might think this is the next installment, and they're excited to see Alice and, Mm. um, yeah, other characters. (laughs) Yes. That uh, military guy got chopped up by the laser hallway. Wasn't that a great scene? Everyone remembers no. that. Everyone remembers that, though. I, I spoke to so. a friend of mine, told him I was doing the Resident Evil movie. The first thing they said was, laser oh, laser, laser face. Yeah, not from the video games at all. Nope. Anyway, so we start inside a secure umbrella facility on the edge of Raccoon City, where we see the beginning of the outbreak that releases flesh-eating zombies into the town. So a siren will start wailing, and umbrella security swoop in to attempt to contain the situation. So they've got gas masks on, they're all clad in black. Mm -hmm. They start blockading off the umbrella facility. The monkeys are going crazy. Yes. (laughs) We cut to the Birkin household, where William Birkin wakes up his daughter Sherry and tells her that they have to leave straight away. So William takes Sherry and his wife Annette to a secure umbrella facility, dodging zombies as they go. I'm so glad you knew to add her into the plot, by the way. Yes. Is it Sherry or Cheryl? Sherry, as in like the drink. We then cut to a few days later. So, no, this is September 30th. This is September 30th. This was like September 28th. (laughs) Now we're on September 30th. Glad we're up. We cut to a few days later where Claire Redfield, whose car has broken down on the outskirts of town. (laughs) She is picked up by a truck driver and his pet Doberman, who wonders why anyone would go to a dump like Raccoon City by choice. But Claire reveals in a moment that she grew up in Raccoon City and explains that she's an investigative journalist. She's actually in college. Mm -hmm. She's trying to get that big, you know, extra credit. Big scoop. 
that extra credit for her degree. Their conversation is interrupted when a zombie woman steps out on the road and is hit by the truck. The two get out of the truck to help the woman, and Claire is distracted by strange noises in the woods. Ooh, what could that be? Is everyone okay? The truck driver is not hurt or anything like that? Well, yeah, they're all fine. I mean, the, the woman that they hit is obviously already a zombie, so yeah. she's going to be fine. Well, you know, fine. <laughs> speaking. While the truck driver checks on the zombie woman, his dog laps up some of the zombie blood. Of course, we're going to get a zombie dog, right? Yes. The zombie woman suddenly springs back to life and Claire and the truck driver leave in a hurry. They're like, oh shit, let's get out of here like it's Shaun of the Dead. We we just did a hit and run. We don't want to be caught. Yeah, exactly. So back in town, Umbrella Security has blocked off a section of the town around their facility and have told the public that there's been a dangerous chemical spill. So no one's allowed in that section of town. Makes sense. Even if they live there. Very responsible, Umbrella. Yes. It's going to be very much referencing the Chernobyl disaster. Yes. Uh, And I think they actually mentioned it. They mentioned that in the trailer, In the trailer as well. So we cut to a diner, which of course is one of Maddie D's favourite locations, where we meet the members of Stars, including Chris Redfield, Jill, Wesker, and Barry. What, they're all hanging out at a diner? That's right. Are they talking about tips? Ah, yeah, maybe. So they've all finished work for the day and are enjoying some downtime. So Jill is shown to be a trigger-happy, excitable nutcase who steals Wesker's sandwich, calling it a Jill sandwich. (laughs) I thought you were a Jill sandwich. Wait, where'd you get that from? <laughs> it was in one of the trailers. It was, it was a really? Yes, it was. <laughs> oh, no. That's terrible. I thought you made it up. I was like, come on. I kid. should have just give, lied. Give the writers more credit. I should have just <laughs> lied and said that the, I, I made it up, Matty D style. <laughs> Wesker at this stage is played as comic relief, and Jill shoots him in the forehead with a toy gun. You know, one of those like suction cup guns? Yeah, of course. She's going to shoot him in the forehead with one of those. So, Wesker won't wear his trademark sunglasses in this movie, which will upset a lot of Resident Evil fans in the future, because they're doing the character differently in this one. Right, okay. Maybe he wears them right at the end when he's full bad guy Wesker. I don't think so. That's probably what they'll do, I presume that, but then I was like, no, they're not going to go in that direction with this character. I don't really go into this in too much detail in my plot, but he's going to be played as more sympathetic in this movie. Okay. So, you're expecting him to be like a maniacal bad guy, but then your expectations are turned around when you just work out he's just a regular guy who made a mistake. Makes sense? Makes sense. So, around this point in the movie as well, we'll meet our other cop characters with rookie police officer Leon Kennedy and chief of police Brian Irons. They're both preparing for another quiet night shift at the RCPD. So, it's like the start of uh, Assault on Precinct 13. Actually, now that I think about it, it's like Assault on Precinct 13, but with zombies. Very much so. So, the truck driver drops Claire off in town, and as he drives off, he is bitten by his dog, who has now turned into a zombie dog. Claire breaks into Chris's house, because they're brother and sister, of course. She knows where he lives. And we're given a fake-out scare when Chris comes home and surprises her. Like, she's going to be creeping around the house and then suddenly, like, we'll get, like, a sharp sting sound effect. And he's like, what are you doing? (laughs) He's got, like, a baseball bat. Yeah, maybe. Claire explains that she's doing a story on Umbrella, who she believes is experimenting on people. Chris doesn't believe her, since she's always believed in wacky conspiracy theories growing up. But Claire shows Chris a videotape sent to her by her inside man, Ben who explains that there has been a leak at the Umbrella facility and people have started getting sick. So, this is on the videotape. Right. So, on that same videotape, Ben strongly suggests that the outbreak was planned by Umbrella from the beginning. Oh, nefarious. Now, we see this in the trailer as well. That's right. The one trailer I saw. <laughs> yes. So, Chris is called back to the RCPD urgently and leaves Claire alone in his house, wanting her to leave Umbrella alone. He's like, stay here, make yourself comfortable, crash on the couch, but leave Umbrella alone. They haven't done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. When he's, you know, he's worried that he's, he's, he's going to get caught up in that chemical spill or something he's like a that. Big, he's a big brother, you know? Yeah. At the RCPD, Stars is told that they need to rescue William Birkin from his mansion. What was the mansion called again? The Spencer Mansion. The Spencer Mansion. And this is, I guess, it's the Birkin Mansion. 
So they need to rescue William Birkin from his mansion just outside of town. Not a lot of details are given to Stars at this point, but they're told that Birkin is under serious threat. So Stars gears up and take a helicopter to the mansion, leaving only Leon and Chief Irons back at the police station. Okay. I actually had a few other police officers there, but I forgot yeah, about so them. They can all be dead. I forgot about um, them. <laughs> so is is everybody still in Raccoon City at this point? Or is yeah, it completely the town hasn't been evacuated. Okay. I don't think they ever suggest in any of the material that the town's been evacuated. It's just umbrellas covering up a zombie outbreak. Yeah. The helicopter lands near the mansion and the Stars members quietly approach it through the woods. They're startled by a crow. And Jill immediately shoots it. She's so, trigger happy. Yeah, we so get a like character. A, yeah, we get a jump scare like where the crow goes, ah, ah, and she like spins around and shoots it. And everyone in the cinema laughs. Inside the mansion, after a fair bit of wandering around in the dark, the stars members find that the mansion is full of zombies, and they get into some action-packed shootouts. At one stage, they come across a creepy mask-wearing creature known as Lisa Trevor. Ah, uh, you got that as well. There we go. I saw it in the trailer, and I was like, oh, what is that? Lisa. Bit of my light research uncovered that she's called Lisa Trevor. I don't know anything else about the character, but I just thought I'd include it for yeah. the sake of points. She was somebody's daughter and became like an experiment, is yeah. what her deal is. Yeah, it's the same here. <laughs> yeah, exactly the same. Back in town, zombies are now beginning to walk the streets. The truck driver, who is now a zombie, crashes his truck outside the police station, creating a huge wall of fire. Just like at the start of Resident Evil 2. <laughs> it's in one of them. One of the games. Meanwhile, back at Chris's house, Claire hears someone banging on the front door. She goes to check, and to her horror, she sees a creepy zombie woman who has written Itchy Tasty in blood on the glass door. Which, of course, is a reference to, I think, the first Resident Evil game. There's, like, a diary they find that the the person, like, they're becoming a zombie, and they just become obsessed with the words itchy and tasty until that's all they write in the diary. Yeah. So, it's a reference to that. Cool. The zombie woman breaks through the glass and attacks Claire, who is forced to kill the zombie to survive. Claire realises that she'd be safer with her brother at the police station and sets off on Chris's motorbike. So, again, referencing whichever game she is in. (laughs) Claire enters the police station and explains that she's the sister of Chris and that he could be heading into a trap. Chief Irons orders Leon to close the gates leading out to the street because, of course, zombies are starting to show up everywhere in town. Mm. They're starting to attack the police station and they barricade themselves into the police station. Very much precinct. Yes. Yeah, I basically stole it from that movie. (laughs) Yes. Chief Irons radios the Stars helicopter pilot Ben Vickers, there you go, and orders him to bring back Stars to the police station. But before Vickers can contact the rest of Stars, he's attacked by a zombie, just like in Dead Rising. Wait, in his helicopter? He's on the ground waiting for the Uh, Stars to come back. He's not like up in the air circling around. There's a zombie just like jumping, or they make like a human zombie pyramid to get That happens, Matty D, in Dead Rising. (laughs) Somehow, like, a zombie gets into, like, the helicopter while it's flying around and takes down the pilot. Well, if those monsters in a quiet place can get on a boat, then surely a zombie Or in can a get bus. In a helicopter. Yeah. The zombies at the police station finally break through the front gates and swarm the police station, and Claire, Leon, and the chief all scramble to protect themselves. While investigating the police station parking lot, Chief Irons is bitten by the zombie dog from earlier. So, he's done. He's done for. Wait, wasn't he already... Oh, no, that was the truck driver was bitten. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. So, the truck driver was bitten by the dog, and this same dog has now bitten the chief of police. What a busy little dog. Highest kills in the movie. We now rejoin the Birkin family, who are bunkered in one of William's labs. Sherry comes across a zombie that William has been experimenting on, and William explains to her and Annette that the T-virus has been his life's work. So, it's going to be kind of like that scene from Day of the Dead. 
you remember when the main character walks into Dr. Logan's lab and there's just like this zombie strapped down with all its organs exposed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be just like that. Right. And she's obviously going to be freaking out. Yeah, that's Sherry. right. She's going to be like, it's going to be a jump scare. She freaks out. She turns around and runs straight into the arms of her dad. Mm-hmm. Again, doing a secondary jump scare there. But yeah, he's going to explain, oh, don't worry about it. This is all part of my life's work. And is he going to be nefarious? Somewhat, all the, all yeah. way through? Somewhat. We get that he's like a loving father, but he's doing malicious things. Mm. Back at the RCPD, Claire comes across the zombie dog, which she kills with a metal bar. She then runs into Leon, who's been hiding out, and they are attacked by the zombie chief of police, and they kill him after a struggle. So, he's going to, like, wrestle Leon to the ground. Claire's going to, like, try and, I don't know, get him off. That's standard zombie. Mm. Not, you know, jerk him off. (laughs) Get him off of Leon. Yes. Claire tells Leon that the source of the outbreak came from Umbrella, who might have released the zombies on purpose, so they need to investigate the Umbrella facility itself. Okay. To try and find out why. Because she knows off the video- Yeah, that this has all been deliberate. Leon reluctantly agrees to help, and the two gear up with guns and flak jackets from the RCPD armory. Back at the mansion, back at the, what is it, the Spencer Mansion? Spencer Mansion. Wesker plays Moonlight Sonata on a piano, which unlocks a door to a secret facility. Is that in a trailer? Yes, it is. Wow. It's also from the first game as well, I found out. And- to be fair, it's also in the original movies, right? They, there's a house, and underneath the house is where the facility is. That's right. They call it the Hive, but that's not from the video game. No. They're very similar. It's soon explained that the mansion is used for Umbrella's experiments on humans. The STARS members enter the underground facility, which contains several tubes with genetic experiments in them. Wesker finally reveals that he was working with Umbrella the whole time. I guess they just paid him off. Surprise! And the real reason they were sent to this mansion was so that he could release a deadly zombie monster. Wesker releases the monster. (laughs) Nice. And Jill and Chris and Barry have a shootout with it and Wesker. So, if you can imagine, like, Jill, Barry, and Chris are, like, trying to shoot at Wesker. Mm -hmm. Wesker's shooting back at them. And meanwhile, the monster's, like, stalking them around at the same time, going from, like, person to person. We cut back to Claire and Leon, who force their way into the Umbrella facility. I like to imagine they just drive through the armoured guards. Love it. And they're, like, trying to shoot them, but, you know, they just drive them over and then zombies come and... Eat the security. Whatever. While snooping around, they find an old film reel titled Ashford Twins, which shows William Birkin's genetic experiments on a pair of twins, which will set up a plot point in a future movie. We won't explore it too much in this one. Okay. It's a little Easter egg for the guys yes. that like the, the diehard games. fans yes. of the games. Us. I think it's from Resident Evil Project Veronica. There we go. I know that one. There you go. Did a little bit of research into the Ashford Twins. Leon and Claire are attacked by a monster known as a Licker. And Leon finally proves himself as a hero by taking it down. What's a licker? It's sort of like, it was in the previous movies. It's sort of like a, a creature that's, it sort of looks like well, a lizard. it like several tongues? No, it's, it's got one long tongue. It's basically got a skull with a brain on top. And it's got a long tongue. Uh-huh. And it crawls around. It's got huge claws. Yeah, it's like really grotesque. Yeah. Whichever game Leon was the main character in, that's like one of the main enemies he has to fight and avoid. He has to like creep around past them. Because he doesn't have enough ammunition to take them all down. Mm. From what I know. Back in the underground laboratory, Barry is killed in the fight with the monster, but Jill and Chris manage to take it down. Wesker is mortally wounded by the monster during the fight, and he warns Jill that Umbrella is going to destroy this place. So, they're going to destroy the facility. They've got bombs everywhere. Destroying the evidence and, you know, potentially burying them in there. So, he's getting a little bit of a redemption by warning them early. Jill and Chris re-enter the mansion to contact Vickers, but the helicopter crashes into the mansion, just like we see in the trailer, which sets it on fire. Jill and Chris are forced to flee from the fire back into the Umbrella facility. Now, this plot is getting way too long and complicated (laughs) at this point, so I've just said that somehow Claire and Leon meet up with Jill and Chris. Maybe the Umbrella facility connects to each other underground. That would make sense. Yeah. And with all of their evidence, they know that William Birkin is responsible for this outbreak and must confront him in his secure facility. 
So this whole time they thought he was in the mansion, but he actually wasn't because that was all a setup. Mm. He was actually in another. And he's facility. with Sherry this entire time. Yeah, right? and Annette, his wife. Okay. Interesting, Kieran. They take a secret underground train, just like in the first movie, to Birkin's facility. Are you serious? We do see the train in the trailer. Fuck. Where on the way, Leon shows off a rocket launcher that he finds in storage. Yeah, because all the, all the games end with a rocket launcher, right? Yeah, that's right. Since so much has happened in this movie already, they won't confront William in this movie. He's going to be set up to be a villain in another movie. It's going to be a real cock tease ending. Mm. They love doing those these days. Now, I originally had them fight William. William was going to like inject himself with like a formula and turn into a giant monster, and Leon, and Leon was going to take him down with a rocket launcher. But instead, our heroes will run into Ada Wong, who is a spy investigating the Umbrella Corporation, and she tells them about the Nemesis Project, setting us up for the next movie. Ah! And this already happened in- I know this happened in the original Resident Evil movie, but you know, you know, this is going to be done better. Yeah, of course. course. But yeah, you can imagine my original ending where, (laughs) like, William Birkins is like, you think you could take me down? Injects himself with a virus, turns into a big monster, and they blow him up with a rocket launcher. Yeah, imagine thinking that. That's really dumb. (laughs) Well, I'm like, there's no room for it. Given everything else that's happened in my movie, there's no room for it, so. Sounds like a long movie, Kieran. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think they have the budget to do everything that I thought. (laughs) But now I'm really excited. So, given everything that I've said and that I've worked out from the trailers, I'm really excited to see how your plot <laughs> compares and right. what details you picked up. <clears throat> Let me begin in the beginning. Right. Because every story has a beginning. Because remember. every story has a beginning. Now, my plot is going to open with the flashback as well. Now, we had a conversation a while ago where we were saying, isn't it weird how every movie has a version of the protagonists as kids at yes. some point? That happens all the time, and that was sort of in my brain. I was like, they're going to do this, aren't they? Yeah, maybe. They're totally going to do this. So, my movie is going to start with Chris and Claire. As cast kids. As kids, yeah. Yeah, of course. That's so standard in movies <laughs> these days. Every movie we cover, like, within this last year has always had a flashback to, the like, the main characters as a kid, or at mm. least in the past. Yeah. And we're going to have a scene where, like, Claire's running and, you know, she falls over, she scrapes her knee, right. Chris comes, helps her, and he says, and he, like, patches her up and he says, he'll always be there to protect her. This is how Black Widow opens, buddy, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, why not? <laughs> I-, I believe these guys also didn't have parents. I, I can't remember yeah, the I research. I think they might. Oh, they were orphans. That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. So, I think that's going to be very heavily a part of their stories. Yes. They, they All they have is each other. And I think Chris goes down the military route. Claire, you well, know- he's in the police force. Well, police force, yeah. They kind of got a military-esque vibe about them anyway, but- In the same way that SWAT do. Mm, yeah. But um, Claire goes down the, obviously, academic route, so there's going to be a split between them, but, you know, right. the heart of the movie is going to be the fact that all they have is each other, all they always had is each other. Yeah. Now we're going to flash forward, and we see an unnamed scientist. Apparently, you know his name, though, because I didn't know that this- Who's the guy in the video? What's he called? Ben. Ben. It's going to be Ben. He's fleeing some umbrella operatives in a lab or in a warehouse somewhere. We'll say a warehouse. Okay. And he gets cornered by them. They're all masked, by the way. And they ask him where he sent the tape and that they know what he did. Mm. And suddenly a zombie attacks. Oh, okay. That's going to be our jump scare. (laughs) (laughs) So just a zombie just comes around the corner and goes, and then we cut away. It kills them. Okay. It kills all of them. We Well, it's just these two, right? But we we figure that they're dead. But we don't see it. Okay. Because, you know. It's a jump scare. Okay, fair enough. So now we go. By the way, I love that, you know, your horror movie, we've learnt so far during this show that, you know, all horror movies are going to start with a scare. Yeah. It's just their basic formula. But you did your standard old, we start off getting to know our characters as children. This is the start. The start is a jump scare. But no, we start off with a flashback to them as children in this horror movie and we have like a heartwarming moment. You've yeah. learnt nothing during yeah, this show. We need to start chronologically and I think it'll start with a flashback just sure. so we are attached to the characters, Kieran. Sure, that's how they make horror movies. Yeah, exactly. That's how they're making this one. Anyway, now we flash to Claire. 
This is in 1998. We're going to have the cue, the yeah. title that says what year we're in. And she's traveling on her motorcycle. She's listening to the... Hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey. On the radio. Because apparently she's a big motorcycle enthusiast and somewhat of a, a mechanic as well as being an academic. Yeah. In my movie, she just borrowed Chris's motorcycle. Mm-hmm. So she drives to Raccoon City and she notices that people are getting evacuated. So in my plot, it's already happening. They're moving everybody out. Right. So the city's being evacuated in Europe. The city's being evacuated. And she's looking in there and she's going, hmm, that's suspicious. In any case, she's able to get into Raccoon City because, you know, it's in the process of being everyone's leaving. She lived here at one point when she was Mm -hmm. younger and she goes to Chris's house. Now, Chris has been living here most of his life. She's been away studying practicing or like looking into like criminal or whatever i can't even remember what it was but <laughs> whatever <laughs> whatever she's a conspiracy theorist and she as the trailer indicated had received a video from so a scientist so she's studying conspiracy theories at college yeah you know Just that like course in, that you like do in candy man how they're studying uh, urban legends yeah i bet she's doing something about biology or like you know some she's a journalist. some scientist oh she's a journalist yeah. okay well that's it then <laughs> No, no, in your plot, she's, she's doing like some sort of like urban legend studies. It's, it's, she's doing it like a. I heard a, you're looking for Candyman. She's a journalist and she does a sub major in conspiracy. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So she received that video from the scientist saying uh, Raccoon City is not, not all that it seems. This is somebody she's been in contact with, um, a contact that she's had that's sort of been inside the city, as in your plot, feeding her information about mm-hmm. what's going on. She's yep. kind of very sus about it. So she tells Chris all of this in the scene where she visits yeah. Chris' house. It seems like they haven't seen each other for a very long time. Now, Chris doesn't believe Claire. She thinks it's all, he thinks it's all in her head. And he is being tasked. Just to get it all out. <laughs> it's been so hard to get that song out of my head. Yeah. Here's something, Matty D, just mm-hmm. to rewind a little bit. Yes. Why didn't they use Zombie by the Cranberries in the trailer? It's from no. the same period in the 90s and it fits thematically with the movie. Because that would make more sense. Yeah. And it's like a creepier song too. Yes. And everyone would like oh that song. Oh my God. <laughs> Just mistake after mistake. What a ball was dropped. So yes, Chris is assisting everybody with pretty much crowd control and evacuating the city. Yeah. So he tells Claire to leave or stay put. She's going to sneak around to find more information. But he's not. He doesn't agree with this at all. Anyway, Chris goes off with his star team and, they, and Claire, you know, is going to do more reconnaissance. So they split up. Claire runs into Leon. One of the police officers that's hanging mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. Now this just is out about in the street. Just out about in the street. But now this is the point where things are a little bit weird because it's a complete ghost town. And right, he's like, "What are you doing here? Yeah, didn't you get the evacuation orders? Yeah. Well, he's wait, actually- what am I doing here? <laughs> he's trying to protect the city at this point, right, from looters and whatnot, from the weird things that are happening okay. at the moment. And he fills her in with what's happening. He's saying, you know, there's there's people that are attacking, you know, people. It's really random. Like, Umbrella's like, you know, people are just trying to rush everybody out, but something's wrong here. Okay. And Claire runs into Sherry Birkin mm. at this stage. Not She's in her car, girl. hopefully. Not in what? <laughs> Not in her car. She doesn't run over her. <laughs> now, in the original games, I believe that she ran into Sherry. So, that's what I okay. believe this is from. And Where's the bit with the truck driver in your plot? Uh, it wasn't in the trailer I watched, so. Okay. <laughs> Wait, yes, it was. Was it? Yes. All right. And I'm going to say that Brian Irons is like not a good cop in my right. my plot. Yeah. He's like- he's, he's a dirty cop. He's a, I don't know. He's just he's a, a slimy jerk. cop. Anyway, Claire, shave, ugh, Claire saves Sherry from- She doesn't shave Sherry. <laughs> she doesn't shave Sherry. God, that's hard to say. Yes. It's a real tongue twister. Now, Claire will have a Ripley-like relationship with Sherry. Oh, there you go. So, they like team up through the whole movie. Yeah, so it's going to be- She has to protect Sherry. So, it's going to be Leon, Sherry- and uh, this happens Claire. in one of the games, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Okay, I don't know which one. 
Yeah, it does. And they'll also fight off a nondescript monster. Nondescript, yeah. Yeah, you know. As is standard for Resident Evil. Yeah, just like a mutated monster. Maybe it's Mr. X. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Okay. No one that big. So, Chris is with his uh, star operatives, which are Chad, Jill, and the obvious bad guy, Wesker. I forgot about Chad. He's Barry in my plot, because I'm like, <laughs> they have to include Barry. He's like one of the main characters from the first game. They will banter. They will disagree. We'll get to like them all as people. Yep, sure. sure. <laughs> They'll fight some monsters, like some good SWAT teams. So at this stage, all the mo- like all the zombies. Wait, is this at the mansion or where's this happening? This is just in the streets. Okay, yeah, okay. They're not at the mansion yet. Um, actually, they go to a uh, ransacked lab where they realise that there have been experiments being done and conducted by Will. There you go, Will Birkin, Willie Burks. Yep. And they'll get this information from a dying person. So there'll be like somebody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Someone's <laughs> dying. And he t- he says, you know, you've got to get Will. There's weird stuff get happening. To the reactor. It was all happening from the Spencer Mansion. Now, okay. a little bit of background when Umbrella set up. So originally there was a guy, he sort of made the T-virus. Umbrella was created to create this T-virus. It all goes haywire as it does. Right. But they set up Raccoon City as a place where they can do these experiments. And they set the mansion up as a place that's kind of like a resort for the workers of Umbrella to kind of take a load off. Is this in the games? Or yeah, is- pretty okay. sure. Okay, there we go. Pretty sure. Well, but I'm going to say, is this in the Matty D universe? But then the, uh, then the actual mansion itself becomes- like a real like a place that a lot of the games visit because I guess yeah. it's like got a creepy ambience to it, you know. Yeah. And Will himself lives there with his family, and you know he does a lot of shady things, so it's it adds to the creepy mm. vibe. So at some point as well, Jill will be separated for from them from the core group of uh, star agents, and we'll see the scene in the trailer where she's strapped to a bed. So they'll save Jill. Just wanted to wow. insert that. There. I didn't see that in the trailer at all. Um, and possibly someone's tried to use her for experiments. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> Why not? Um, so they're heading to the mansion. Uh, the chief will be chased by zombie dogs and killed at this yep. point as well. Of course. In his car. She's like, what's going on here? He's going to be Where, where did dogs. they come from in your plot? Well, you know, the whole town's infected. Okay, cool. They're just from the town. Yeah. So it's not the truck diver's dog in your plot. Nah. <laughs> did I just say the truck diver? Yeah, what the truck diver. It probably is. Listening to your plot, that's probably what happened, but I didn't Not in notice. the Matty D plot. I didn't notice that in the trailer. So, you know, there's every everything's infected. Things are getting infected. It's, you know, it's all for jump scare purpose. Sherry will lead Claire and Leon as well to the Spencer Mansion because that's where her father is. Right. She's like, take me to my daddy. What was she doing out and about? I don't know. She's been in- she, Okay. She was- uh, They were evacuating her and obviously whoever was doing that died due to okay. a zombie. She got lost. She's hiding. Maybe she was at preschool and no one came and picked her up. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know how young she is. I feel like Will would be a guy that would um, not be involved with his family. Like, he'd maybe hire somebody to, you know, collect his daughter. That guy could die and he's none the wiser. So, they all meet at the mansion. This is where the main crux of our conflict is going to happen. So, Claire's there. Leon's there. Chris is there. Jill's there. Wesker's there. Wesker's there. Yep. What's the other guy's name? Clyde. Who's the other member? That Chad. I- Chad. There He's go. going to die at some point, but sure. yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And they find in the mansion some incriminating photos mm. of Will explaining, you know, everything. He found this mysterious flower. He created the virus. Blah, 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 blah. And what they wanted to do with the virus is they wanted to create something that would make the military become irrelevant. So, sure. it was like a super weapon. But of course, it has gone out of control. Um, and Umbrella, which is the organization, is trying to hide all this. Now, at this point in the movie, shit goes down. So, we've had our explanation of yep. everything that's happening. Shit goes down. They run into a zombie that's eating people. The famous zombie from the video game. Yep. And then, you know, every- they all start, you know, shooting to, hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Oh, it actually yeah. comes on the soundtrack. Yeah, absolutely. 
there's a radio that gets played or yeah. <laughs> speakers. They bump a radio and it just starts <laughs> playing that song. The gang will also meet Lisa, which was one of Will's experiments that went badly. Yep. The one remember, wearing the mask. Yeah, I can't remember who she's related to, but in the in the games, she's like someone's daughter, and then they they have like the idea of putting the virus in her, and it goes wrong, and she becomes like a a tragic story of a grotesque grotesque figure which we all feel sorry for zombies start attacking this is where we meet up with will and of course you know will's our antagonist he's trying to get out with his life he's and he's supportive of all this because he's crazy yeah he's going to grab his daughter at some point and we're going to be like oh no because he's going to want to jab his daughter with the She's virus my daughter too yeah but he doesn't get to because claire saves him claire, claire saves her yeah but he injects himself with the virus, oh, there we go. turning him into a monster that they yep. have to fight. So this happens in one of the games, from what I understand. Yes, that's right. That's and like right. I said, I originally thought this is how the movie's going to end. It might come back and bite me in the ass, <laughs> but I don't think I need any more help with my plot. <laughs> now, I thought, I, I want to go out on a limb and say that he's going to turn into the nemesis monster. Sure. Which I don't think will happen, but I just want to throw it out there because I feel like it's a nice little Easter egg for people that like that character. But they'll probably be angry if it happens this way. Yeah. So the star guys, um, they kill Will, or so we think. Maybe it might be left on a little cliffhanger. But they're going to put all these explosives all over the mansion. They want to blow the whole thing up. They don't. They want to get rid of all the like the viruses, the the monsters. Yeah. Get rid of it all. Wait, when does the helicopter crash into the mansion in your plot? Helicopter's coming. Okay, cool. Wesker actually announces at this point that he is <laughs> working for Umbrella. <laughs> Just by the way, guys, <laughs> he's going to take the the T virus to new heights. So this is a scene where you know he turns on them and they're going to fight. Originally, I was said that he jumps himself with the T-Virus and we just have another one. Okay, fight. fair enough. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to fight. It's going to spill out into the streets because we yeah, all know how I like that. Because the mansion isn't anywhere near the town, but they, they somehow get back to the streets. Of course, of course. Um, and he's going to live to fight another day. Obviously, we know yeah. he's a bad guy. He puts his sunglasses on, travels off in a helicopter. Yeah. And the helicopter comes in at this point. It's not going to crash into the mansion because I did not see that in the trailer. But How did you miss that I'd, in the trailer? I'd, uh, I'd, I just missed it. Did you watch the trailer? <laughs> but the helicopter is going to pick them up and save them and they're going to fly off. The whole place is on fire, burning. They're looking down. You know, that old chestnut yep. where they're looking down. Everything's destroyed. They're like, phew, we're safe or are we? Mm. And that's where it's going to end. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Wow. Pretty good, right? So that was Matty D's plot. I like that we have almost entirely different plots. <laughs> yes. But you, the dear listener, who do you think is going to be closer to the actual movie? You don't have to wait very long to find out because this movie is coming out on November 24th, which is in a couple of weeks from now. Yeah. So we can actually go to the cinema and find out. But yeah, have you got any theories? Do you think we're both completely wrong? Are we you a be. big Resident Evil video game fan and you know for sure where the movie's <laughs> going to go? Are you like 100% concrete on your theory please let us know you can send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter or you can just simply leave us a comment on this episode's page on our podbean site let us know your thoughts please correct us everything every detail we got wrong about the characters in the games please let us know where we went wrong because i'm sure we got so much stuff wrong see i think they're talking a lot of smack i think they're going to say that they're going to follow the games with a lot of you know follow very closely but i don't think they are and i don't think they can so I think where our plots are probably more close than what it is actually what many people Fair are thinking enough. is going to be. So you're saying that we're going to be closer because we're going in without the knowledge of the games yes. and we're just judging it as we typically would one of our standard movies. I'm already seeing stuff in the trailer that's not matching the games, so Sure, okay. Fair I, enough. I don't Mr. Think never played one of the games. I can I can go with you on that. <laughs> So, yeah, please let us know your thoughts. Let us know who you think is going to be closer. And let us know if you're excited for this new upcoming Resident Evil reboot. What are we covering next week, Kieran? 
Well, next week I thought we'd change it up a little bit. It's been quite a while since we've done one of our movie talk installments. So I thought next week we're going to take a break from predicting plots and going back and seeing how well we've done in the past. And instead, we're going to let our hair down and do, as I said, another installment of movie talk where we can just talk about movies and just things that are getting us excited in the world of cinema. We can just shoot the shit. Exactly. This is not going to be a structured episode. You get to like hear us flap our gums more so than usual. Yeah. But what exactly we're going to be talking about in this movie talk episode, you're going to have to tune in next week to find out. We're just going to leave it a little bit of a mystery for everybody. That's what all the movies are doing now, so we may as well do it as well. Exactly. So until we return next week for another installment of Movie Talk. We'll see you next week. Chris Redfield. Oh, Barry! That was too close. You were almost a Jill sandwich. (laughs) You're right. Barry, thanks for saving my life. But, Barry, didn't you say you're going back to the dining room to do some research? Why on earth are you here? Uh, I just had something I wanted to check. And so I crossed the path with a